Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach. And in this episode, I want to talk about uh, email pitching, or I guess specifically uh, sending out a query for something, right? So it can be a proposal for a book, for a film, anything of that kind, right? It's a, what I'm about to provide is a general uh, rule of thumb that applies for all of these things. Whenever you're sending an email trying to solicit something, right? And the advice I have is very simple. To customize your pitch, right? You know, I was talking with a friend of mine uh, very recently, and I told him how, you know, it took me about an hour to write this one email to someone, uh, you know, pitching them my feature film. And he, he was kind of confused at first, like an hour, that, that's, that's like a long time, you know, can't you just use a template? I'm like, that's, that's not what I do, you know. Um, with the, with my novel that, that I submitted to um, book publishers and agents and so forth, you know, even though I had gotten rejections uh, for a lot of them, right, the majority of them, uh, I always got a customized response in return. And, well, not all the time, but most of the time. And that was because of the fact that they responded well to my to my proposal, to my pitch, to my email, right? And that's what you want. Even if someone says no to you, at least they considered it, right? And so that's what you're really trying to get them to do, is to have an honest look at whatever it is that you're asking for, proposing, and so forth, you know? And the surest way to reject you is for them to see like, oh, this is just generic. They didn't put any thought into this whatsoever. Um, you know, there's a term spring and praying, right? For me, I try to showcase that I know the person, that I understand uh, who the person is and what they do, and then tie that into my project, you know, why it is I'm going after them specifically, you know? So my novel, for example, is a coming-of-age story. So I made sure that whoever I was going after, that was what they were known for, that's what they were seeking, and so forth, right? And I kind of really studied them and tried to hone the pitch based around them. So that's why, you know, when my friend asked me, why does it take you an hour to really do that? Well, for me, it's because I do my, you know, uh, I, I generally do research you know, into the various places that I want to submit to as part of like phase one um, and take just down basic notes. But, you know, when it comes time to forming the actual email, I'll go back into, you know, my list of people and really deep dive a person. So that way I get to understand them. You know, I'll have jotted down already the various things that I know we can connect on, things that I've seen of theirs, things that I've read of theirs, whatever the case may be, people we may know. And, you know, just really hone in on that. So, you know, first step for me is always just kind of getting to learn the person, you know, and, and seeing, okay, where are the points of connection that I can draw from? And that's what really takes the customization part into effect. You know, the rest of the pitch is always kind of the same. You know, here's the, here's the premise of, let's say, a novel, if I'm pitching a novel, or here's, the, here's a short synopsis or logline of the movie. 
Um, you know, sometimes you even have to customize that. Like what, uh, depending on who you're pitching to, right? They may have a certain preference, right? Uh, of how to kind of go about it. So you gotta, gotta learn that. For example, with books, uh, when I was pitching mine, you know, some people asked for the first five pages. Some people asked for the first 10 pages. Some people asked for a random sample of 10 pages from anywhere in the book. Uh, some people asked for no pages and strictly wanted to uh, just, you know, determine whether they wanted to read more based on the pitch itself. So all these different things kind of go into it. So you want to make sure you are adhering to the rules. So part of customizing your pitch is customizing it for the requirements of whoever it is you're sending it to because they may have their very, very specific uh, things that they want. Some people want, uh, you know, things in the body of email. Other people want it as attachments and keep the email itself very sparse. So, you know, number one thing is make sure you follow the rules because I have seen so many people just get rejected based on the idea that they aren't following the rules. Really, honestly, right? And it makes sense. You might feel that it's like it's unfair, but you know, they've laid out a set of rules for what for whatever reason that's how they want it, that works best for them. So if you want to work with them, you should, right, adhere to it. And if you don't, then they have no obligation to work with you. So, you know, that's step one. And then within the actual content, make sure you are highlighting, you know, why it is that that this is the project for them. You know, and for me, this includes like the more you can know, the better. So I tried to uh, pull out various adjectives of, you know, things that they're looking for, you know, um, based on the projects that they've worked on, you know, what it is about it. And so that way I can just very subtly and artfully, you know, guide them along with this. Uh, the way you word something and, and present something and the sentence structure and so forth has meaning, right? It can be the make or break of it, right? So you have to put your best foot forward and really think about it in, in terms of that micro level uh, when you are pitching something. So it, I know it seems like a very simple thing, but it just, it gets so often overlooked. And I've experienced this so many times on my end, um, you know, people will, They'll say they really want something, and then when they email it to you, it's the most generic thing in the world, and you can just tell they're not interested in, uh, you know, they, they just kind of want an answer, but they don't care if it's from you or for somebody else. And this actually also applies for job applications. You know, oftentimes, I know I, I, I've spoken with people that, like, are frustrated because they're not getting callbacks or hired. I'm like, okay, well, what jobs have you applied to? Oh, hundreds, hundreds. I'm like, hundreds? And you're not getting a response? Well, then it must be you're not applying for the right ones or, you know, something's wrong with your... Something's off, right? And most times when I go through the process with them, it's because their, their applications are so generic. And anyone, any, any hiring manager reading it can tell that, okay, they just want a job. They don't really care that it is with me. Like, it'd be nice... But so even even in terms of job applications, you know, the more specific you can be about, you know, you understanding that job, why you're a good fit for that job and so forth, then it's like, oh, cool. This person is actually applying for this job. They're not just applying for a job. So 
really spend the time to customize it. And I know, you know, some people will say, well, it's, uh, it's time consuming. Yes, it is, right? It sucks that for me, generally, it takes about an hour to write a single fucking email, right? That could be, you know, yes, that's a long time to write a single email. However, what's my ROI on that email? Again, with the book that, that you know, I was sending out, um, I was getting rejections, okay? And I could have gotten rejections even with a template email. However, I sparked something with them, so at least they responded in a non-generic way. And so even if it wasn't for this project, at least now for the future, um, I have some rapport with them, right? And I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, we really need to think of things in more of an infinite mindset rather than finite terms, right? And with an infinite mindset, even if you do get a rejection in for, for a particular project, the relationship itself continues and you can go back to that well in the future. And I don't think people really consider that. But unfortunately, if you have a generic email, well then for, for the, you know, I used to do this and I know various other people do that, not saying everyone does it, but, you know, generally I take note of, you know, who, who sends me generic stuff. And then anytime in the future something comes in, I'm generally apt to be like, eh, just discard it automatically. It's sad, but it's true. So that is why it is important to always customize uh, your proposal, your job application, your query letter, whatever it may be. So that way you actually stand out from the crowd and someone gives you an honest shot. So thank you for taking the time to tune in. I hope this benefits you. Uh, If you have any questions or thoughts of your own, please share them down below in the comments section or hit me up on social media at PhilSpeedTech. Likewise, if you think this episode might be of benefit to somebody, please share it with them. I certainly would appreciate it as I appreciate you and hope to see you next time.